This morning I'd like to share with you out of Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 to 26. If you brought your Bible along or you have it on your smartphone, you can look that up or it'll be on the screen. And I want us to look at this question. You know, what, what do we have to lose? Last, uh, well, a week ago, sun, last Sunday, I was in Denver and I'd finished a week at the mission leaders meeting of the vineyard. What that is, the way that the vineyard does missions is that we as local churches partner together and we're interested in another nation. So this, uh, this weekend, the nation of Zambia in Africa, there were several vineyard churches that partnered together. And when they part to get together, what they're trying to do is they, they want to start an indigenous church planting movement in Zambia. So they, don't, they're not, they may send a missionary to train Zambians on following Jesus, introducing others to Jesus, and discipling others, but uh, the vineyard is not placing Western missionaries all over the world. It's a, it's a really different model, and it's a home-based model. And so Zambia, because of this partnership of U.S. churches this weekend, there's now an association of vineyard churches in Zambia. It's, it's a nation on its own. It has a national director now, and uh, they're now part of this growing number of uh, just international associations of the vineyard. What I love about the Vineyard Missions meeting, one, it is in Colorado, and it is really fun to go there when it's cool. Uh, fall's been there. As you can see, I found a road that fall visited this road, but nowhere else was there fall. But it's a group of people that are involved in the 60-plus uh, partnerships that happen through the Vineyard movement. And then there's uh, a growing number of internationals that come as well. And what it seems to me is we're, we are focusing on the main point. The main point, what the whole New Testament is about, is that God became a man and he introduced himself to us and we have begun to follow him and we want, as we want don't we want everybody around us to know Jesus, to follow Jesus? Isn't that really what we want? So how, how do we, as a local church, how do we participate in that? Not just do church, not just have meetings, but those meetings, those Bibles, they're all moving in this direction of introducing people to Jesus, people becoming disciples of Jesus, and churches starting because that's how disciples are made. And then they do it again. And I, so I get to witness that you know, in places all over the world. We're involved in two partnerships. The, I'm going to Chile because we're part of the Chilean Partnership. We're also involved in a partnership uh, for Palestinians, which also makes us in touch with Israel. And so I'm part, I, I, I could choose, I'm part of these regional groups, but I, I go to the region of North Africa, Middle East, Central Asia. And my, I mean, it's incredible. It is incredible. I, I've told you this a few weeks ago. This is just a test to see if our memory is working. Uh, but there's, there's this publication called Operation World. And it, it tracks where, where is the, the group called evangelicals. That would be people who are coming to know Jesus. What nations of the world is that happening in with the greatest percentage? It's not the greatest number of people coming to, to, to know Jesus. 
It's the greatest number of people in percentage with the population of the nation. So do you remember like the top two nations where, where more people today are coming to know Jesus? There's this movement of people coming to know. Do anybody remember the number one nation? It's Iran. What? Anybody remember the second one? Afghanistan. Hello. There, there are more people percentage-wise coming to know Jesus. The evangelical community is growing fastest in Iran and Afghanistan today. Now, if that doesn't blow your circuits, I don't know what will. But you see, God, God never abandons people. He's, he's always at work. So, in my little regional meeting, I got to meet K and J. Because K and J, K is Iranian. He's a Turk-Iranian. He's this mix, this tribal group. Uh, he's a pastor. And Jay is his wife, happens to be from a young life background. Imagine that. They met in India, got married, and where did they go? To introduce people to Jesus, they went to Iran. Their story is incredible. It's going to come out in a book, so I'm not going to tell you their story. But as they introduced people to Jesus, and people would just kind of show up to them and say, you know, Jesus showed up in a dream last night and introduced himself to me, and I don't know what to do with that. Again and again and again. So then they meet in secret meetings. And so, like, it takes two hours for the 15 people to get to the house where they're meeting because they don't want to raise any suspicions (laughs) And then it takes two hours for everybody to leave. They leave so slowly. And so Kay drove home regularly at 2, 2.30 in the morning. And he just had this growing, growing fear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get home and my family's going to be dead because they, they found out. You know, they're on to us. So incredible tension. And then they, fought, they were arrested. And that's part of their story. And, uh, and again, you're just, you're just listening to this story of, oh my goodness, 20 days and... Solitary confinement. Kay thought he heard them say the foreigners died. His wife's a foreigner. He thought his wife had died while he's in prison. He's just going mad. But then when he gets uh, before the, the judges, in an Iranian judicial system, you're supposed to plead for mercy once you're before the judges. Guess what? He gave his witness. I'm on trial today because of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just like you're reading right out of Acts. I mean, whoa. Incredible. Remember that? You know, don't worry about what you're going to say. If you get arrested, the Holy Spirit's going to... Well, it happens. Incredible. Incredible. They're moving to Dallas. We've maybe become friends, so my suspicion is that they'll come see us and you'll get to meet them. When their book is published, I'll make sure we have a copy. Incredible. Well, you see... People that follow Jesus today can end up in prison just like Paul was in prison in this book of Philippians. And again, where we live, how we live our life, that seems like this, I mean, now that, I can't relate to that. But folks, Paul writes, I'm in prison because of defending the gospel. And that, that you know, he's, he's in prison in Rome and from that point where Paul was in prison to this couple that I just met, K and J, in prison, in Iran, people that follow Jesus at times are persecuted. 
It's nothing new. Hello, 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 hello. I know we like living where we live because it's really comfortable. We have everything we need in abundance. And we're sometimes just like totally, sh- oh gosh, people are being, hello. Again, if, if we're in touch with what's in the Bible, this is nothing new. There's going to be these struggles. And so I just want you to just, we're just going to kind of do this random survey. So this will be your time. If you want coffee, this is the, you get to run to the coffee pot, get some more coffee, and then get back. I'd like for us to get in groups of three and like take like three minutes. This is, needs to be really quick. And in groups of three, each of you answer or just fill in the blank. For me, to live means and fill in the blank. And the second is to die is and fill in the blank. Okay, ready? Does that make groups of three? We have a Spanish group back here. Okay. Ready, set, go. You, you can stand up. I'm going to the coffee pot. Good job. Shana ran. They already knew the answer. They read ahead. Paul writes in Philippians 1, For me, to live means the Messiah. For me, to live means Christ. To die means make a profit, gain. If it's to be living on in the flesh, that means fruitful work for me. Actually, I don't know which I would choose. I'm pulled both ways at this. See, Paul was this both-and guy too. Both living, both death. I don't know which to choose. I can't really lose. Think about it. Those that follow Jesus can't lose. Whether we live or whether we die, we can't lose. We have nothing to lose. I would really love to leave all this and be with the king. I'd love to leave all this and be with Jesus. Because that would be far better. But staying on here in the flesh is more vital for your sake. I'm not just thinking of me. I'm thinking of you. And since I'm convinced of this, I know that I will remain here and stay alongside all of you to help you to advance and rejoice in your faith so that the pride you take in King Jesus may overflow because of me when I come to visit you once again. You know, for Paul, in prison, being able to think through this, for me means to live is Christ. For me, it to live means Messiah. The only way I think I can translate that into our lives is that I hope that we think about Jesus every day. You know, the typical church thing is we think about Jesus once a week. No, we don't know We can't go through a day doing what we do, whether we're flying helicopters. I'd love to do that sometime. Or Adam and I were on a roof this week when it wasn't fall, sweating. Or you're a mom at home, nursing your kids. Or you're going to school. It doesn't matter where we are, what we do every day. Living means Jesus. That's what it means. 
and die, well, we believe his promise. Those who believe in me will never die. And actually, maybe we get caught up in the same thing that Paul got. I, I don't know which to choose. I mean, I, again, I can't lose. If I go one way, I can't lose. You know, thankfully, it's not our choice. We, we don't get to choose. But putting life and death in perspective, the very best thing that could happen for you and me, for us, even as a community, is for us to leave all the struggles of this life and to go be with Jesus. That's, you know, when that day happens, uh, I think all of us are just going to be like, this is incredible. It's so far beyond what we ever imagined. When I, you know, I'm traveling through the mountains in Colorado looking at the beauty of creation, realize this is a fallen world, that the world we live in now is still under the curse of the fall. And when that's lifted, when Jesus restores everything, can you imagine what it's going to be like? I can't even imagine. Garrett's grandma passed. And she's passed on into the better. Because, you know, we get to be with the king. He's, he's the one that is setting everything right in this world right now. He started that. And he won't stop doing it. Go back and read Isaiah. He's going to set everything right. And he's actually doing it. He's done it in our lives. He's, he won't stop doing it until it's all back under his rule and happy for him to be the king. However, we need to stay on. As long as Jesus says stay on in this struggle, but not do it alone. We are a community of people following Jesus. We are in this struggle together. Paul writes, I'm going to stay on so that I can help you. And I think he would reciprocate, and you could help me to advance and rejoice in our faith in spite of our circumstances. I mean, all of us have circumstances that are all over the map. Sometimes the circumstances of our life are really difficult. We're really discouraged. Other times, man, we are rejoicing, we're dancing, we're praising, we're having a great time. And sometimes we're just in the ho-hum. I don't know whether I'm dancing, I don't know if I'm crying. But we're in life together in spite of our circumstances. And what we get to do for each other is that we get to help each other advance and rejoice in our faith. Now just think about that for a moment. And as you think about that, begin to look around the room. Look at the people that are in this room. As long as we're living life, and as long as we're living life together, and we're connecting in this, this community, our job with one another is how to help you advance in your faith and rejoice. I think that's an incredible invitation for people to live life together with a very specific purpose. I want to help you advance and rejoice in your faith. You want to help me advance and rejoice in our faith. So then it becomes, how are we going to do that? 
How are we going to do that? And it's really wonderful because the Holy Spirit just says, any way you want to do that. <laughs> and there's so many different ways because there's every person in here is different. But if we could all agree upon, hey, this is what we're to do. We are to help one another advance and rejoice in our faith. And as we do that, then we begin to overflow with pride in the Lord Jesus because he's the one that makes that possible. And so in spite of our circumstances, we've got nothing to lose. We've got Jesus who's setting everything right and we have each other helping one another. Now again, just begin to keep dreaming. What if every believer on the planet lived their life this way? What if every follower of Jesus got up every day every day, and said, you know, I'm going to live my life for the well-being of others. Today I'm going to commit myself to others to help advance and rejoice in their faith. What would our world be like? I mean, I can't, I can't escape thinking for a moment about Israel and Palestine. There's followers of Jesus in Israel and Palestine. In the middle, I mean, I mean the circumstances are bad for both. But what if every believer got up in the Middle East tomorrow and said, you know, we need to help each other advance and rejoice in our faith. rather than living in fear of one another or hating one another. So think for a moment. What is one thing you could do today for somebody else to help advance their faith and increase the rejoicing in their faith. Got an idea? All right, now connect that idea with a person. Now, if that person is in this room, we'll go ahead and do it. If that person is not in the room, you can't do it. Okay? But why don't we stand together? We want to be a community that does what Jesus invites us to do. And I think it's really clear in this passage that he wants us to help each other. And so I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us do that. Whether we do that with a person now or we do it with a person later, that's not really the point. The point is that we actually take this one truth from God's word to us and we put it to work. And then we do it again. And then we do it again. And then we do it again. And if we could all keep doing it, then we really are strengthened in our faith in spite of the struggles of life.
So Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you can always move us out of theoretical into the practical. And thank you that we all have a really incredible opportunity to participate with you in building up people, in advancing people's trust in Jesus, and helping people uh, rejoice in relationship with Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, I invite you to give us great ideas of how we can help one another. And I pray that you would also lead us, direct us to just like the right person at the right time that we would participate in helping them at a time where they're stuck, at a time where they're not rejoicing in their faith. And that, Lord, we could be these people that we're reading about, but today, and that we could encourage others as well. Lord, we want the body of Christ to be strengthened. We want the body of Christ to be strong. We want the body of Christ to stay on track with what you want it to be doing. And so, Lord, we invite you now to empower us in taking a step forward in your name. Amen. So just we have five minutes. If the person that you would like to help is in this room, would you just go to that person right now and do whatever it is? that you think you can do to help them advance or rejoice in their faith. Go. I'll tell you when to stop. Well, I would like to suggest that we started something good in each other's life, and I just want to encourage us, let's just do this as often as we can. How do we help each other advance in our faith, in our joy, in our Lord? So thank you for participating. Yeah, Lars is excited. And uh, may you enjoy your day. Hang out as long as you'd like, and we'll see you later. Thank you.